Top of the morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's your boy Juan Gotti here, and again, <laughs> it, it feels good to have something new here. Welcome to TOTM at the top of the morning sports show slash podcast that I will be starting up. It's the first episode, and let's waste no time, but let's get to the opening statements. Let's get to the menu of what we will be partaking in today. So the first thing that you see on your screen is opening statements. And opening statements is basically going to be me talking and introducing what TOTM actually is and why did I come up with it and what do I plan on doing with the TOTM podcast and morning show. Then after that, you have the commanders losing a tough one to the Minnesota Vikings as as you can hear in my voice I'm still recovering from a cold but I'm still recovering from that loss because that was a that that one stings badly like it stings uh, I, I can't believe we actually found a way to lose that game and then you have Jay-Z wants to buy the Washington Commanders yes you heard it here first hip-hop legend Jay-Z wants to buy the Washington Commanders alongside Jeff Bezos and the PG County's very own Kevin Durant. So we'll get to that. And then after that, you have NFL Week 9 Recap, where we take a look at each and every game from Week 9, which it wasn't a lot of football on last, last um, you know, yesterday. And then we'll take a look at Monday Night Football preview between the Ravens and Saints, which should be a good one. And then to close out the show, we'll talk about the new World Series champions, Houston Astros. And although Houston Astros, man, they get a lot of hate for obviously what they did in 2019 or 2017, rather. But that team was was so good this year. I mean, you can't be nothing but proud and happy for one Dusty Baker. So... We'll get to that and much more around that time. But let's kick things off with getting to opening statement. So, again, welcome to Top of the Morning Show Podcast. It's your boy Juan Gotti as the host. And what is TOTM exactly? TOTM is Top of the Morning. You know, this is the morning time. Um, I may do come on a little bit earlier next time but a lot of people said 9 a.m was a good time in the morning to come on but top of the morning is this is what you're going to get to get your morning started okay along with your coffee or whatever you do in the morning and then your job or exercising this is like the essential that you can't forget on your way to do your morning activities this is what totm will be it's going to be a sports show covering the commanders and covering the whole NFL and just sports in general. And uh, that's what it is. And I'll be honest with you guys. Excuse me again, as you can hear, I'm getting over a little sickness still under the weather. But as you can see, this is going to be something that I uh, plan on doing for the future. And and I'll be honest with you. (laughs) I came up with this idea last week. Like, this isn't something I, that I that that took a lot of thought. Um, this isn't something that I sat down months and prior in advance to to come up with. I'll be honest with you. Um, but a lot of people have been telling me to start kind of a podcast and stuff like that. But I've been pushing it off just because I didn't know 
how I wanted to bring it in. Okay, but I thought about I thought of this brilliant idea of making a morning show because I mean I'm free in the mornings. I know a lot of people are on their way to work or at work, and they need something to listen to at work. So I was like, why not come up with the top of the morning show podcast? And uh, I'm here now, and I'm very excited for what the future may hold. Again, why did I do it? Because I mean, it's something that I that I've been wanting to, wanting to do. It's something that people have been telling me I should do. I just didn't know how to bring it in, and uh, I guess right time. This is the right time to come up with it. I mean, you see the name, you see the design on the screen. If you're looking at the live, the live looking at it live, um, but if you're listening to it on the podcast platforms, you see the logo. Shout out to my plans that made for me. But opening statements is me basically introducing who I am, okay? We already talked about the show. Now, let's learn about who I am as a person, okay? My name, I go by Juan Gotti on the internet. Um, <clears throat> I'm from PG County, Merlin. Okay, um, I am a Washington Commanders fan. I know everyone in here will not be a Washington Commanders fan, which is totally fine. That is exactly what I want. This is a place for all sports fans, all NFL fans. But I'm a Washington Commanders fan. Um, I love my team. I love NFL football. And it is my dream to be a sports broadcaster one day, you know? So this is why I decided to start my own platform to see where it takes me. And it's been solid, okay? It's been solid. Is it room for improvement? Yes, it is. I definitely could be way bigger than what I am now. But I definitely uh, like where I'm at right now. Let's put it that way. Um, Second love is baseball. Like, I love baseball. And that, that's not something that <clears throat> is like football where I loved it all my life. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. But once baseball is a sport, if you're not grown into it, <clears throat> it's a sport that you only get into if you start playing. I started to play baseball like in, in real life, like on a team and stuff like that. And once I played it, I was like, oh, this, this, this is really fun. Like baseball may look boring on TV if you don't get it. But once you get it, it's it's very interesting. And then once you play it and you know what you're doing, you take that real life experience and apply it to watching baseball. Baseball is actually really fun. Okay, but it's not it's still not touching the NFL. NFL's totem pole and on my tier list of sports is literally like <clears throat> by their self. Okay. Baseball is a second. And then <clears throat> excuse me. Third is basketball and don't really count hockey, but I watch hockey during the playoff time. Like I watch the Capitals during the playoff time, their playoff run. Like playoff hockey is really fun to watch. It's not like that. It's not necessary that it's just hard to get into because it's really not. If you follow one team, which I by default I'm a Capitals fan, it's not hard, but it's just like ah, I'll wait till the Capitals make it to the playoffs to catch up with them. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, I know the players and stuff like that, but I'll wait until play of uh, the playoffs to really keep up with the Washington Capitals but that pretty much what sums up opening statements I mean ladies and gentlemen I plan to do big things with this show I hope you guys support it I mean later down the line when we get a lot more people involved in the show I'll not only have special guests but I'll open up the phone lines um but if you're out there quickly hit that subscribe button turn on post notifications like this video 
And if you're listening to the podcast platforms, give it a five star rating. This is the first episode ever. Like you're you are a part of history, ladies and gentlemen. Do you not understand that? Like you're a part of history. This is the first episode of TOTM. Like if you're out there listening to it, if you're out there live, you can really sit there and say, hey, I was a part of the first episode. Because who knows? This could be something that I hope I hope it is true. I hope this happens. This could be something that in a year time now, this could be the biggest podcast in America, <laughs> in the world. And you out there could sit there and say, I was a part of the first ever episode of TOTM, Top of the Morning. Wow. We're making history, ladies and gentlemen. It feels great, okay? But that's the end of opening statements. And now let's switch over to our first topic of the day. So first topic of the day, commanders lose to the Minnesota Vikings in a heartbreak fashion as the Washington Commanders had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter and they squandered it. They squandered it, okay? Washington Commanders had a chance to go to 5-4 and four in the season and really make their mark for that 7th seed in the NFC playoffs. And you know what happened? The Washington Commanders did the most Washington Commanders thing ever. They lost. They lost. You know why it's so frustrating? Because you can, you should be like, well, you're used to this. You're a Washington Commanders fan. Isn't this something that happened all the time? Which, to your point, is true. But you want to know why it's so frustrating? Because it's like the best team did not win yesterday best team did not win yesterday like this is how this is exactly how i felt this is exactly how i felt for the tennessee game like the best team did not win okay like detroit although we tried to make a comeback the best team won that day we didn't have a, we didn't have an answer for detroit we didn't have an answer for that defense that pass rush we didn't have an answer for armand ross a brown okay that's a loss even Philly, even though Philly's, even though that game, I felt like we could have won because defense in the second half, you know, shut them down. Offenses couldn't get out the goal. Even in that game, I'm like, okay, they, the best, the better team won it. I mean, look at Philly now, eight though, right? Okay. But week four, Dallas, better team didn't win that game. Dallas shouldn't have won that game with Cooper Rush at quarterback. The Washington Commanders definitely should have won that game. Okay? Then week five versus Tennessee. The Washington Commanders should have won that game if Ron Rivera and Scott Turner hands the ball off at the one-yard line. Like, again, going back to that game, and I know we don't want to look at past history or or the past because we're now in week 10 basically or week nine we're finishing up week nine later on tonight and we'll stay tuned for that because we'll preview saints ravens live from uh new orleans but looking back at that game yes carson Wentz should have made that decision okay to throw throw the ball there like that was just a terrible decision he was not open like don't get me wrong okay carson Wentz definitely is at fault 
for some of that, right? But he shouldn't have been put in that predicament when you literally have Brian Robinson in the backfield, who by the way, they kept talking about him getting shot. That exactly that is the game he made his season debut. So how great would it have been for him to finish off the Tennessee Titans in his debut with the touchdown? But no. They want to pass on fourth and down from the one-yard line and we lose. Okay. But that's week five, though. That's week five. But my more of the story is the best team did not win today or win week five, okay? And then week six, we beat the Bears in an ugly one. Week seven, we beat the uh, Indianapolis Colts. And then in week eight, we beat the Green Bay Packers and... We'll get to the Packers, man, because that team seems like it's done. Like, they're bad. And no, I don't hate the Packers, but, like, I'm ready for some fresh blood. So, I'm all for the Packers' demise. But we'll we'll get to that when, they, when we get to their game versus the, versus the Lions. We beat the Packers. And then, yesterday, we had a chance. Not only a chance. We should have beat the 6-1 Minnesota Vikings. But we squandered. Let me take you down to what happened. Basically, we're just going to highlight the key moments. So, early in the game, first game, first drive of the game, the Minnesota Vikings go right down to score a touchdown. And I'm like, hey, it's going to be a long day if we can't contain 18. If we can't get pressure on Kirk Cousins, he can carve us up. And we know that as Washington fans because he is making his return back to Washington for the first time since being trained, since being signed Heather, by the Minnesota Vikings. And he goes right down to score. But then after that, the defense shut down that Vikings offense for three and a half quarters. And even in the fourth quarter, yes, they gave up. And, like, I don't care that the defense gave up that late touchdown because they did. They shouldn't have been in that predicament, okay? Taylor Heineke doesn't throw that interception right there. That defense is not in that predicament, okay? Defense for the Washington Raiders played lights out. And I feel so bad. I feel so bad for Kendall Fuller, for Benjamin St. Juice, for Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, James Smith-Williams, Jamin Davis, who, where's all the Jamin Davis haters at now? The guy has arrived, okay? He's here to stay. Where are the haters at now? I feel so bad for those guys. Bobby McCain, who I'm hard on. I'm hard on Bobby McCain. But the guy has been playing his light, playing his lights out the last two weeks. I feel bad for the whole defense, man. Because they deserved that win yesterday. I mean, to hold one of the most high-scoring offenses to just seven points at halftime. 17 points or 20 points. Really, the whole game, as that was the final score, they scored 20 points. To hold them to that and you lose? Come on. No good. Like, if you would have told me a one, if you would have told me Saturday night or Friday, you would say, hey, bro, y'all held Minnesota to 20 points. Like, first of all, I'm like, get out of here. You know what I'm saying? As, as good as our defense has, I know Justin Jefferson probably had at least two. Dalvin Cook probably had one. You know what I'm saying? 
I, I would have said that. But if you say one, y'all know y'all heard y'all had him the 20 points. I'm like, okay, we won then. We won. Right? And he's like, yeah, I didn't say y'all won. I just said y'all held him to 20 points. I'm like, oh, come on, man. I mean, defense deserved that one bad. Like, I feel bad for it. And, and then you flip over to the offense side of the ball. <laughs> Yet again, another terrible performance by good old Scott Turner, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Scott Turner is horrible. Like, I, I don't even know why he still have a job. Like, I don't even know what possessed them to give this guy a contract extension. Okay? The guy is horrible. Okay? I mean, you have all this talent, and yet, <laughs> you can't win with it. I mean, bro, Justin Jefferson had a had four receptions and a touchdown on the opening drive, but yet Terry McLaurin just finishes the, finishes the game with five receptions. He goes a whole half with just one target. How? He's your best playmaker. Okay? Don't get me started on the fourth and one. Fourth and one. Fourth and one. You roll out and do a bootleg. You do a bootleg on fourth and one when you literally drafted Brian Robinson to be in those predicaments, okay? He drafted Brian Robinson to be in a predicament that he was just in. On fourth and one, you hand it to Brian Robinson up the middle. You do a QB sneak. But you know, you want to be cute, okay? You want to be cute, and you want to do a rollout pass. Incomplete. And not to mention... Ron Rivera wasted a timeout. He wasted a timeout on that play. You telling me you couldn't get your you couldn't get your personnel in? You couldn't just say, "Hey, QB sneak." No, you had to call a timeout to draw up this magnificent play that just wasn't open. You had you you needed it so bad that you needed to call a timeout. You needed to call a timeout. Like, you just had to have it. Like, then that goes to him. Ronaver is so stupid. Like, I love him as a guy, but as a football mind, he just doesn't have it anymore. His clock management, game management is so stupid. So stupid. This dude wasted a challenge on a yard, bro. Heineke makes a great run. Okay, spins off the defender. But he's short of the sticks by a yard. It's third and one. Okay. Ron Rivera, what does he do? Decides to throw the challenge flag to get one yard. One yard was that more important to risk a timeout? I mean, dude, what is going on? You're telling me. Oh, yeah, I just have to have this yard. Like, I don't have two downs to get it if I don't get it right here. Like, if I don't get it on third down, I have yet another down on fourth and one to go for it and get it if I don't get it on third and one, which I'm sure you would have. 
but I just, I had to challenge it, okay? I had to challenge it. And you know what happened? The refs come back. After review of the play, the runner was short of the first down marker. It will be third down. And Washington will be challenged. We will be. Will be. What is the word? What am I looking for? They will be charged. There you go. Charged of. Was that, that at that point? Was it um their first time on the half or second time on the half? <sighs> Ron Rivera, it, it's 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 bad. It's bad. Like, come on, bro. You cannot do. You cannot continue to do this. But you wanna? I'm not surprised because this is the same guy who challenged a Cam Sims catch where it's clear as day. It's clear as day the dude did not catch the ball, but you want to challenge that. But you don't challenge week three versus the Eagles where Devonta Smith literally dropped the ball. You don't want to challenge that. And you want to know what makes it worse? You want to know what makes it worse? Yes, I blame Ron Rivera. But why are the people upstairs looking at, man? Like what are they up? What are they upstairs? What are they up? What are they looking at? Because I know Ron Rivera can ask them, "Hey, should we challenge this?" I know they have a million looks at the play before Ron even decides to. Like, I, I don't get it, man. It it, it hurts as fans because. We should be six and three at worst right now. At worst, this team should be six and three right now, fellas. Ladies and gentlemen, sorry. <laughs> like Washington's talent, that's why I'm saying I feel bad for the players that are actually going out there to play. Like Jonathan Allen. And I'm getting me a Jonathan Allen jersey, by the way. I'm getting me a Jonathan Allen jersey, by the way. He He's amazing, bro. I mean, when you think of defensive tackles, it's Aaron Donald one still. Jonathan Allen two. Like, I was like, okay, it's, it's Aaron Donald, Jeffrey Simmons, Chris Jones, John Allen. But based off of this year's performance, Jonathan Allen's the second best defensive tackle in football. Okay? He's amazing. I mean, the guy literally tackled. Was it Dalvin Cook or James Madison? It was one of the backs. Or was it a, was it a tight end? Was it a screen? Where he literally tackled the guy through two blockers. Jonathan Allen's amazing. He was hitting Kirk Cousins all day. Duran Payne. You might, you might as well want to write him his check now. Okay? You might want to, you might, you might as well write his check now. Because the guy has been playing out of his mind, too. I mean, defense. Been playing well. And um, those guys are, are, are at the front. And to only imagine that we're getting Chase Young back at some point. Like Monday night, he he should be making his debut. But again, you wanna 
fully guarantee that. Just to imagine and think that we, we're getting them back. Like, wow. <laughs> Chase Young to pair up with these guys. That's why, again, I said I feel so bad for them because they deserved to win this game today. Um, then not to mention, I mean, Tiller Heineke threw a terrible back-crushing interception, right? But that that's, that's bad. Like, don't get me wrong. That's horrible. Okay, that's bad. But you want to know what I thought? I said, Tiller Heineke, this is what he does, okay? He throws picks like this, but you know what he do? He goes down and redeems himself in these exact moments. He literally did it the week prior in Indianapolis. He's going to bring you back. At bare minimum, he's going to put you in, in, in position to at least get a field goal attempt. But you know what? Ron Rivera said no. We only had one timeout. We had three timeouts. The, the Vikings can't do what they did at the goal line. They have to score. They have to try to score at least. But no, Ron Rivera wants to waste our second half timeouts. Like wasting first half timeouts. Okay, cool. Like you, 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 you're not gonna take them into the locker room with them, so you might as well use them, right? Okay. But second half timeouts, you cannot be doing this. This second half timeouts. second half timeouts you don't get that off thing like you only get three of them and you better have a good reason as to why you're using it Ron Rivera said no Taylor you're not gonna get another shot at this okay you don't have any you know we don't have enough timeouts because I decided to use them and then the nail in the coffin John effing Ridgeway like a lot of people don't want to give him a give him slack because he's a rookie hell with that man you can't do that i mean the guy literally mauled the center he literally mauled the center. you they didn't tell you in practice they didn't tell you when they first brought you on and, and you should have known this in college and i don't know i don't know if he was on special teams in college he probably wasn't but you gotta know you can't touch the long snapper bro you can't touch the center or whatever the guy literally he didn't just touch the center the long snapper whatever you want to call this position he didn't just touch him he molded the guy like he literally ran him over and cost us the game <sighs> time check 9 45 in the morning how are we doing out there you got your coffee you got your morning supplements where are you currently doing are you at work are you on your way to work are you doing your morning activities are you listening while you're taking a quick jog? Doing a quick store run? What are you doing? Whatever you're doing, I hope you do it safely. I hope you have a good day. And TLTM is here to help you on that on your morning day. Next day we'll go live is Wednesday. Okay, November 11th. But back to this show. We're not done with this. No, we're not. I know what this John Ridgeway. <laughs> they're not giving him enough like fault for it. they're trying to tease that he's a rookie. Oh, I don't want to hear that, dude. You know what you're supposed to do. Like, what did you think you were going to do if you if you didn't get that call? You weren't gonna block it. So why even do that? 
But then again, I'm not even, I, I'm not even like, I'm mad at him. Like, don't trust me, I'm pissed at him. But we shouldn't have been in that predicament. Good teams, which we're clearly not. We're not good. We're not coached well. Let me put it that way because we have the talent. But good teams like Kansas City, Buffalo, Eagles, they find a way to hold on to a 10-point lead. They probably add to a 10-point lead. But after the 10-point lead, we had uh, Scott Turner. Back to Scott Turner, who I didn't even give enough, enough slack to. But I do it so much that I don't even care anymore. With a 10-point lead, he wants to get conservative. He wants to get conservative. He wants to throw He wants to throw running back screens to Brian Robinson. Where you literally have Antonio Gibson there for? We literally, if you want to throw a screen, why not a wide receiver screen to turn McLaurin? But even more so, why do you continue to run screens? When you literally know you don't have the offensive line for your offensive line is not athletic enough to get out there in space. And every screen we run, I swear to God, I wish it was the stat for this. Every screen, I will put money on it that we're negative and negative in yards on screens this year. Like, we do not run screens well because we don't have an athletic enough guard. Our guards aren't athletic enough. Trey Turner, not athletic enough. Andrew Norwell, not athletic enough to get out in space. Be that lead blocker. Hell, our, our tackles aren't even athletic enough. Charles Wendell and, and Cornelius Lucas slash Cosby probably athletic enough, but he's been he hasn't been playing. But Scott Turner wants to do that. Scott Turner wants to get a little tricky, right? He wants to get tricky, right? He wants to get tricky. Does a he does a uh, uh, end around flea flicker, a handoff end around handoff to the running back to, to handoff to Chris Curtis Samuel flips back to Heineke. And Heineke has to give John Bates a chance on this ball. Like, he doesn't give him a chance. You give John Bates a chance, he possibly comes down with it. But then again, Scott Turner, why are you even calling that play? If you're going to call that play, why not throw for one of your better receivers in Terry McLaurin or something like that, right? Even more so. And, then, and secondly, one, why are you calling that play in that predicament? Because knowing you, I literally, if you go back to the game being live stream that I did yesterday, Literally, I called out this man's exact situation. Like, on first down, we're going to pass. But if we don't get on first down, it's first and 10, it's incomplete. We're going to run on second and 10. And then you know what we're going to do on second and 10? We're going to pick up two yards. They're going to be second and eight or third and eight. And you want to know what's going to happen? The Vikings are going to pin their ears back inside for Taylor Heineke or force him to a bad ball. It was like a million bad balls yesterday. Um... He's terrible, bro. Like, I really hope we fire this man. Like, I really do. And to think in 2019 when we started this whole hiring process or whatever, I said Kevin O'Connell should be Washington's head coach. I jumped the offensive coordinator line. I didn't even say offensive coordinator. I said he should be the head coach because I saw it. May God rest his soul. He should still be with us here today. But may God rest his soul. Dwayne Haskins, he's the only offensive coordinator that I've seen and get him play good. I knew he had it. But as a Washington fan, this is what we're used to. We're used to having good talent leave the room, leave the, leave the organization. And Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan, and 
Sean McVay and Matt LaFleur and Kevin O'Connell was just yet another piece. And here shortly, I wouldn't be surprised if defensive back coach Chris Harris is added to that list. But yeah, Washington, they lose 20-17 in a back-crushing loss. Like, these are the type of losses that I would prefer to get blown out in and not have a chance than lose games like this because it hurts. But that's the end of that segment here. Let's go over to back to the morning menu. Let's see what we have on the menu next. Jay-Z. Hip-hop legend. Rap legend. Rock Nation's very own. Jay-Z. Hold. The guy has a million names. Like, Jay-Z is him, okay? He's him. Jay-Z wants to buy the Washington Commanders? Hmm. He's not going to do it completely by himself, right? No, he's not. He, Jeff Bezos, and PG County's very own Kevin Durant want to become like an ownership team and buy the Washington Commanders? Mm -mm. Let's first get into the whole situation of wanting to buy this team. Why do we want to, why do they want to buy this team? How do they even get to this chance? So if you guys have been under a rock past week news came out that Washington Commanders owner Dan Snyder is exploring all options with the team's franchise he free shot the Bank of America to possibly find them a suitor find them a partner to trade to, to sell this franchise to him and that ran like that was the greatest filling and it's obviously not going to be more greater than when he officially sells but that feeling waking up to that news was amazing like it felt like we just won a super bowl okay it felt like we just won a super bowl because the guy needs to go like he is bad he has done so much wrong for this organization he's just a dark light over the organization that he needs to go, and we didn't see this coming at all at any time soon. So to finally wake up to this news, this is news that we've been wanting to hear for a decade now. So to hear him finally having a thought of selling, it's it brings music to not just my ears, but every Washington Commanders fan out there. So, once we heard that news, a bunch of names started to get thrown around of possible buyers. You know, you hear, um, you hear guys like Jeff Bezos and Ted Leonces, who owns the Washington Wizards and Capitals and Mystics, and he actually wants to buy the Washington Nationals too. You hear guys like, um, you hear guys like, uh, um. What's my guy's name that wanted the Denver Broncos? Um, I think his name is like Brandon Armstrong or something like that. 
he wanted to buy the Washington Commanders, but or he also was interested in buying the Washington Commanders. But let's see what this article from Fanside has to say. So this is just a few short years ago. Dan Snyder told the public that he'll never change the team's name. Um, it changed twice. Okay. He said that he never sell the team, but after a, con a congressional investigation into the corporation's culture of sexual harassment and now a criminal investigation into the commander's business practices, Snyder announced that he's hired Bank of America to explore selling the team. Though the process for a potential sale is just the beginning, people in DC community and NFL fans with large, um, writ large have already started celebrating Washington commander. Um, Dan Snyder has been a black sheep of the league for years. Between his uh, miserly business practices and the horrendous workplace culture, the greater DC community started to find it difficult to support the team. Bransley Channing for the sale at home games. It's no surprise that the team has only won two playoff games under his tenure. That is horrible. Like, we only been the two playoff games in my tenure of living and to only hear two we only won two playoff games under dan's not real he's been the owners since 99 brian on brian allen thank you mike from southwest brian allen is the guy that's interested in buying and and, and buying the washington commanders too but to hear that we only won two playoff games in his tenure and he's been here since 99 terrible but to get back on track here but as a DC, as DC starts to look beyond Snyder, the obvious question becomes this: Who could replace him? NFL teams don't go on sale often. The Denver Broncos sold last summer for 4.65 billion. Early estimates, however, suggest that Commanders could sell for as large as six billion dollars. To own an NFL franchise, it becomes a member of perhaps the most elite club on the planet. This beachfront property, so to speak, is reserved for only the uber wealthy. So who could buy this team? None other than the second richest person in the world, Amazon finder Jeff Bezos, in potential partnership majestic by Jay-Z. Hmm. Bezos is an obvious choice with nearly $150 billion to his name. He would he would need to pinch in pennies to come up with this money. He wouldn't need to pinch the uh, the pennies to come up with this money. Basically, saying the guy has <clears throat> has so much money that he can buy it himself. Okay, and it wouldn't hurt. Basically, saying the past few years, Bezos uh, moved Amazon's second headquarter to Northern Virginia and purchased the Washington Post plans deeper roots in that area, including Jay Z would add further more celebrity to the deal and rally support for a team in desperate need of fresh blood. Jay-Z and Rock Nation have been partnering with the NFL since 2019, working extensively hard with the NFL inspiring change. What's more, Dan Snyder has been looking to move the team out of FedEx Field in Orlando, but Merlin named the worst stadium in the league. But because of his unpopularity as an owner, the team's name um, and the rapid growth of the area, he's lacked the uh, he's lacked the the capital to get a new stadium built. New ownership could re reassure or re re resurrect the Commanders and even get the, the team back in RFK Stadium location in DC. So 
that's the quick article from Fanside, who does a wonderful job. Basically giving you guys a little bit of the rundown of what possibly could happen. So Jay-Z could possibly be teaming up with Jeff Bezos and now Kevin Durant, PG County's own Kevin Durant, throws his name in the hat. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Again, I sit here today as a Washington Commanders fan and don't care who the owner is. As long as it's not Daniel... Hold on, we're going to get his real name up here first. Daniel Snyder. As long as it's not him, I don't care who it is. As long as it's not, actually, I take that back. As long as it's not Dan Snyder and Ted, um, the learn, the, um, not the learn, yeah, the Lerner family. The Lerner family are the Washington Nationals. As long as it's not Ted Lerner and his family, I'm good. The reason why I don't want the learners is because they're so cheap. Like they're they're cheap. They don't pay their superstars. They let they let Bryce Harper walk. Tried to underpay him. They didn't want to pay Juan Soto. So what happened? They let him walk. Or they traded him rather. For CJ Abram and a bunch of other stuff. CJ Abram actually is gonna be really good. I can see that, but not better than Juan Soto, right? Then pay Juan Soto, and now they're looking to sell the Nationals. They're cheap. I don't want that because let's say that let's say the learners become the new owners of the Washington Commanders, and then Chase Young just has this amazing reassurance to his career. Like he um he um he um he, he plays well for the rest of this year. Okay. He play then he plays well next year, and then he plays well the year after that, and you enter contract talks with him. And learners, the family, oh, they're the owners. It's like they're not going to pay him. They're going to try to undercut him. They're going to try to undercut him. That's why I don't want the learners' family as the owners. But Jay Z, that would be great. Jay Z, Jeff Bezos, Kevin Durant, and then Beyonce on his side. They. She can be like, you know, she can get all the, you know, the, 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 like, what's the word I'm looking there for? Like, he, she can have the pop, like, the music, the stadium can look good. She can have her group, like, a group of, like, women of Washington, and they can become a little group thing. That's the perfect idea. I would love that. If Jay-Z becomes this, the owner, I don't even, or a part owner, really. That would be amazing, dude. Like, I know that just would make so many more fans want to come back. Because I know Jay-Z has a ton of fans. Like, older fans that are like 40, 50. My dad is one of them. Like, that would be so amazing. And, and for people like my dad, that would make them back interested in this team. Like, yeah, my dad, he keeps up with the team. You know, when I, when I tell him and, like, what happens and stuff. But truth be told... He's sick of it. Like he doesn't, he doesn't keep up with it as much as he once did because he's like, I'm not about to keep watching this team lose each and every year, each and every Sunday. I'm not about to keep supporting this team under Dan Snyder, knowing what he does. But I can tell you this: if Daisy becomes an owner, my dad will be right back. <laughs> of course, we're winning, obviously, but yeah, that would be great, man. 
that would be great. Byron, Byron Island, sorry. Another brother, another African-American. I would love that. That would be amazing. But at the end of the day, I don't care who owns this team. As long as it's not Daniel Snyder anymore, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be happy. Because this guy has done nothing but terrorize this franchise. I mean, the guy's literally has the worst stadium in football. And granted, all the times I've been to FedEx Field, I haven't had a terrible experience. But I see everything. I see the sewage pipe bus. I see how nasty the bathrooms are. I see how bad the playing surface is. Even though you try to change the grass a million and one times, still the same playing surface. That stadium has to be cursed. It has to be. I mean, everybody always has a terrible, terrible injury on that field. Whether it's Agent Peterson, RG3, Alex Smith, Chase Young. List goes on. Of how many players' careers came in that stadium and died. Fidarian Mathis. <coughs> Excuse me. Even though Fidarian Mathis will come back next year, his career is off to a shaky start because of FedEx Field. <laughs> the guy needs to go. And first thing on a new owner's mind should be getting this team out of Landover. And that, I know that sucks for me because I live, I live like 15 minutes from Landover. So it's right there. But if they're going to put the team back in the city where they belong, I'm all for it. I just don't want them to put it in VA. Like, if they put it in VA, that would be so back-crushing. Like, And to be honest with you, I will understand it because really the heart of Washington's fan base, believe it or not, is in, in Virginia. Like, it's not in D.C. because in D.C. it's a bunch of fair-weather fans that's not really Washington Commanders fans that much. You, got, you obviously have your share of Washington Commanders fans in the city, but majority of Washington's fan base is in Virginia, in Maryland. Like, as much as I don't want it in, in Virginia, I will understand why. But I, the first thing on, their, on the new owner's minds, if they do get it, it has to be a new stadium. And you wonder what makes me even more, you know, excited and believe that he will actually sell this team is yesterday jay glazer of fox sports basically came on and said the team could be up sold to upwards of six billion to seven million dollars and this could be something that could be done in the next six months six months that's, that's you know how fast that like, like literally that that that's crazy six months what's going on sean white Six months is crazy, but I just hope that it that it happens. Because if it happens, we'll be marching up and down the streets of DC, Maryland. We'll be marching so much, we'll end up across the bridge in VA. We'll find ourselves partying in Northern Virginia. 
shoot, we might even we might we might even be marching so much, we might end up in North Carolina. <laughs> with how happy we'll be with Dan Snyder sells this team. I wanted to have it so bad, and I'll be out there on the front line with whatever celebration is. I'm gonna be there because we need to turn up this. Like, if you think we were excited because the team is a has a chance to be sold and it's not confirmed yet, this could be definitely a stunt. If you think we got excited for that. Could you only imagine what the excitement would be for this fan base if he in fact sells and it's confirmed? This team, this fan base would go nuts, bro. I, I hope we get it done. I hope we get it done. But time. To take a look at the menu again, see what's next up on the breakfast menu here. NFL Week 9 recap is going to be next up for the topic of discussion. What a week! I mean, not what a week from the standpoint of like amazing games. It was just from the standpoint of look how few games we had. So many teams were on a bye week this week. It was not a lot of games that were played. So let's take a look around the league at week nine's action. And then we'll conclude it with talking about the preview of this game tonight. So you kicked off week nine with an Eagles victory over the Texans 29 to 17, which this was a good game. Uh, believe it or not, the Texans hung in there. They hung in there. But the Eagles being undefeated, they eventually pulled away and they went and hide. Jalen Hurts, four touchdowns on the day. But I'll tell you what. It's something to that Texans team. They may not be the most talented, but Lovey Smith has them, has, has them playing their hearts. I'll tell you that much. I hope their future is bright. I'm, I was pulling for Davis Mills, man. I really do because I thought like he could be a franchise quarterback, and maybe he still can. But I'm sure that ship has probably sailed. The Texans will probably get the number one pick again. And that pick will more likely than not be Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. And hopefully they can start to turn that, that franchise around. Because it, I don't know about you, but it feels so weird not having Houston as a as a as a as a contributor, as a as a like a top seed in the AFC. Like I grew I grew up with Houston being always in the mix. And granted, the AFC South is never good, so that's probably why. But Houston's always been the third seed in the AFC playoffs, the fourth seed in the AFC playoffs. So for them, as this past couple of years, to not be in there, crazy. It feels weird. But hopefully, they could turn around as the Eagles improved the 8-0 on the year. And 
we have a huge task at hand with these Eagles next week. Moving on. Colts, Patriots. Colts stink. Mike Reich should be fired. 26-3. Patriots thrash Colts. Sam Ellinger, man. I mean, the guy, he, he was 15 for 29 for 103 passing yards. This is what Bill Belichick does, though. Like, granted, he's not really a rookie, but technically he is because he he's only in the second game. This is what Bill Belichick does. He absolutely mauls young quarterbacks. And for how poor the Patriots roster is, at least to me, and how bad they are and how talentedless they are. They're five and four. They're five and four. And they're right in the thick of things in the AFC East. Oh man, every team in that division is positive. Everyone wants to talk about the NFC East, but look at the AFC East too. I mean, golly. What what you got? The Jets, six and three, or, or the Bills six and two, Jets six and three, Dolphins six and three. And Patriots 5 and 4. Wow. Mac Jones 20 for 30, 147 yards and a touchdown a day. Looks like that defense carried them yet again. That's what Bill Belichick does. He makes good defenses. And that's just what good coaching does. Like, Bill Belichick is the prime example of you don't have to have the most talented roster, but I'll get every inch and ounce out of you that I can as your head coach. And that's what makes him so good. That's what makes him so good. Next up, you have Packers, Lions. Packers stink, bro. They suck. They suck. They lose to the Lions 15 to nine. As they fall to three and six. Aaron Rodgers, hang it up. You know, and I really I want to see what Aaron Rodgers had would do if he had uh, obviously a, a wide receiver one. But at the same time, it's that's no excuse because Tom Brady makes it work whatever he has. In years in, in in years in New England, he's never had a real number one tight receiver. Obviously, a number one tight end in Gronk, but number one receiver. But he made it work. Why? Because they had a good offensive scheme run. They had a good head coach, great head coach. I mean, Tom Brady makes Wes Walker looks amazing. Makes Julian Edelman looks amazing. These aren't guys. These aren't guys that 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 just scream off four three forty top receiver in the league like these aren't guys that do that he's getting the tampa late and late in his career where he's just now starting to play like that or get weapons like that roger stinks right now and i and i love his demise because again i don't hate the packers i don't hate aaron Rodgers, but i'm tired of seeing the same teams i want to see new blood and it looks like we're going to get that with Minnesota running away with that division. As for the Lions, 
Dan Campbell is what he's as he like to say, we're close. And they finally got a win. Okay, they finally got a win. Shout out to the um the, the Lions. Then you go over to the next game, Chargers Falcons. Chargers gets the game winning field goal, walks it off 2017. And, and doesn't it seem like every Falcons game? Like, I can't imagine being an Atlanta Falcons fan, bro. Like, I literally can't because every single game y'all play, and I know our games are like this too, but literally every single game that y'all play is, is down to the wire. Like, the Falcons very well could be seven and one, five and two, six and six and whatever, six and two, five and three. But on the flip side, they very well could be one and eight. Oh and nine, two and seven, three and six. Like they can be, they can be that team. That's how that's how their games go every week. Falcons, man. I mean, I don't know what to say, man. Because it's like the every time you want to root for the Falcons, they give you a reason not to. Justin Herbert, 30 for 43 on a day, 245 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Austin Eckler, 14 carries, 47 yards down. This is all without Keenan Allen, too, by the way. Their leading receiver was, was, was um, Palmer. Eight receptions for 106 yards, Josh Palmer. Then you go into the Falcons side of things. Marcus Mariota, 129 yards. 12 for 23 on the day. Cal Pitts, two receptions, pitiful. That's horrible. I feel bad for him. Drake London, three receptions, 23 yards. Arthur Smith, he was an offensive mind in Tennessee. But I think they need like a they need like a real offensive pass heavy-minded like coach that's gonna get Cal Pitts the ball. That's going to get Drake London the ball. That's going to get their playmakers the ball. Cordell Patterson. Like this, this Falcons roster on offense has talent. You know, and Marcus Mariota definitely could be a reason to as why they they aren't getting the ball. But I think it's more so play call. I think it's play design or the lack thereof as to why this team is, is, is where it's at. But you know what? As crazy as we're talking about the Falcons, or as, as I'm talking about the Falcons, they still are in the mix for the NFC South. They're still in the mix for a playoff spot or a you know, wild card spot. Moving on to the next game here. You have Bills, Jets. Josh Allen is my guy. I love Josh Allen, my favorite player outside of anything Washington related. But he didn't have his best game. But you want to know what? I ain't going to even say that. I'm going to just give the Jets their credit. I'm going to give the Jets their flowers. That defense is amazing. It's crazy what a what a shutdown corner can do for you. Sauce Gardner, he's him. He's him. Josh Allen, 18 for 34, 205 passing yards, two interceptions, zero touchdowns on a day. Not a good day from Josh Allen. 
Zach Wilson, 18 for 25. Touchdown and no interception on the day for Josh Allen, for, for Zach Wilson. Michael Carter, 12 carries, 76 yards, one touchdown. And James Robinson, 13 carries for 48 yards. The Jets are for real, man. I think so. Now I don't know how far they can go because of that offense. I don't. I don't. I don't have faith in, in Zach Wilson at all. I don't think he's any good, really. But that defense, man, it's legit. And you know, you knew it was going to be because Robert Sala was one of the better defensive coordinators in the league when he was with with the 49ers. So having the Jets' defense be so good is a surprise at all. So. Shout out to the Jets. Next game. Commanders Vikings. We already talked about that at the top of the show. Heartbreaking loss for my Washington Commanders, man. This team should be 6-3 right now. At worst. Golly, man. Talk about... on the, That's the whole flip side of things, right? We just talked about how good coaching is. And what it can do for you if it's good with the lack of talent with Bill Belichick. This is the whole opposite. We have so much talent, but we have the worst ever right now. Like, he's bad, man. And look what bad coaching does for us. Scott Turner, horrible. Ron Rivera, horrible. So on that flip side, I'll tell you how good how good coaching can do for you. That's to show you how important coaching is. The... the Patriots are winning games with terrible talent. And Washington is losing games, even though they have one of the most talented rosters in football. And why is that? Coaching. Shout out to the Vikings, man. 7-1, two seed right behind the Eagles. I'll say this about the Vikings, man. I want them again. I want them again. I hope, I hope and pray we somehow get the seventh seed. We, we somehow get the seven seed and they get the two seed and we got to go to Minnesota. I want them again. They're not good, bro. They're not that good. Like, we should have beat them, okay? And I know a lot of other teams can make that case. The Bears can make that case. But we should have beat them. But again, hats off to the Vikings. They find a way to win each and every time and they're seven to one right now. Panthers, Bengals. Don't let this score fool you. This was a trashing. This was a absolute blowout. Once 42 to 3, I think. At one point. 42-7. Bengals beat the Panthers 42-21. And again, don't let the score fool you. This game wasn't close. Panthers 2-7 and seven on the year. They already fired Matt Rule, so they'll be in the running for a new core, a new head coach and possibly a new quarterback. Joe Burrow, 206 yards, one touchdown in a day. But that's not even a talk of the day. Joe Mixon, four touchdowns on 22 carries. For 120 or 153 yards. 
Joe Mixon, what a day from this guy. And the Bengals are yet again another team that that that, that blows me. That, that that just makes my brain hurt because this is a team that very well could be seven and one, six and two right now. But yet they're five and four because they are inconsistent as a unit. One week you get this, next week they're going to lose two. Let's see who they play. They actually might not lose, but my point is the Steelers. They play the Steelers, okay? They play so well, This then the next week, they will go on and put an egg against the Steelers, a team that they know they should beat. They did it last week versus the Browns. Come off of a great win, and then you play the Browns on Monday Night Football and not lay an absolute egg. But with, that, with all that being said, they're still second place in the AFC North. And with the Ravens loss tonight, they may be first place. Wow. Next game, Raiders-Jaguars. Raiders at one point was up 20 to three. They were up 20 to three. And guess what? They lost. I don't know how I don't know how they found a way to lose this game but they did and you know what you know what I'm not surprised they're two and six on the year now their car stinks Josh McDaniel horrible needs to be fired Patrick Graham not good man Derek Carr, 21 for 36, 259 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. But then again, for Patrick Graham, he held this team. He held, he held the Jaguars with three points. But this Raiders team, man, it's frustrating because you trade for the best receiver in football last year. And look on. Not doing anything. I bet he misses Green Bay. Jaguars, man, um... They're a team that, that, that that's on the rise. Like, one point, they show you, yeah, they have promise. And then the next point, they show you, yeah, we're still the same old Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's not, let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves now. We're still the Jacksonville Jaguars. But good win for them. We got Dolphins, Bears. I hear a lot of Bears fans talking about the Bears versus refs. Bears should have won this game. Not a lot to you. But again, Dolphins, they found a way to win. Tua, another impressive performance. 21 for 30, 302 passing yards and three touchdowns on the day for Tua Tagovailoa. Good performance, Tua. Justin Fields, three touchdowns on the day, but he only had 123 passing yards. But he had 11 carries for 178 rushing yards. As a quarterback, he had 178 yards on the ground. He averaged a first down and more. He averaged a first down and more every run. 
He averaged 11.9 yards a carry. The guy was amazing yesterday using his legs. And that's what he does. If they can get more weapons around this guy, they just add Chase Claypool. If they can get more weapons around, around Justin Fields, I think he can be good with his ability to run. Bears, I know y'all don't want to hear this, man, but y'all are close. Like, y'all don't have the most talent. Y'all are definitely going to be embarking on a rebuild. But y'all are close, man. Next game. Seahawks. Cardinals. Seahawks. 31-21 win. I am now to the point where they're for real. Okay? The Seahawks are for real. I've been waiting each and every week for them to finally fall off. And Geno Smith, I've been waiting since week one for Geno Smith to finally have that showing as to why he's Geno Smith. This is him, okay? This is West Virginia Geno Smith. 26 for 34, 275 passing yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Kenneth Walker, 109 yards on the ground. This guy's amazing. Two touchdowns. They didn't even need the air attack. They didn't even need the air attack. They won well because they ran it on the ground. Geno Smith made the passes when it needed to be made. And they won. And they're 63 at the top of the NFC West. Wow. Who would have thought? But again, goes to show you what good coaching can do. Pete Carroll is one of the best coaches in the history of the game. And look what he's doing. He has the Geno Smith-led Seahawks 6-3. Shout out to Geno, man. I love to see it. And then the next game we have Buccaneers-Rams. Bucks win 16-13. Tom Brady finally lose, um, ends the losing streak. I believe the tie for the longest one he had in his career or on the verge of having the longest one he had in his career. Don't have to worry about that anymore. This game sucked, though. 16 points, 16 13, horrible. Both offenses looked anemic. But they got it done. And as long as the Bucks have Tom Brady, I'm not going to count them out. I'm not. As for the Rams, three and five on the year, Rams, I did not expect this. I did not get this from the Rams. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. <sighs> Next game, Sunday Night Football. <laughs> Chiefs win 20-17 to versus the Tennessee Titans. This is a game that shouldn't have went to overtime. I mean, but then again, the Titans defense was playing their hearts off. That's why Derrick Henry dapped them up in the locker room after the game because they played, again, just like the, the, the Washington Commanders, the Titans defense played well enough to win. And they lost. They lost because of their offense. They lost because of their offense. I mean, Malik Willis, poor kid, man. Doesn't look ready. 
had negative two passing yards or negative two yards in the whole second half. 82 yards in the whole day. Horrible. Why don't you just hand it off to Derrick Henry every play? I don't even know why this guy didn't have 25, 30 carries. They have nothing on offense besides Derrick Henry. Nothing. I bet they miss A.J. Brown. That's the end of NFL Week 9 recap. Solid week of football. Not enough. Not enough games. I hope today, tonight's game is a 43 to like 35 shootout or something because it wasn't enough football for me, man. I needed to see a lot of football and we didn't. I'm mad about that, but I get it. Around this time, this routine's bye week started to come into play, but that's the end of week nine recap. Now let's go over to the next segment previewing that game saints ravens should be a good one i don't know what to expect from the saints but i'm more excited to see what roquan smith brings to this ravens defense this is a ravens defense that has been lacking pass rush Okay, and Roquan Smith, although he's a stand-up linebacker, he's a guy that can rush off the edge too. So I'm interested to see how they use him. I think they're gonna they're gonna use him by moving him all around. Okay, David Ajabo, or however you pronounce his name, I think he'll go back to being a just strictly edge rusher. I'm interested. I'm interested to see Rashad Bateman out for the rest of the year with yet again. I want to see how them how Lamar does with not having a number one receiver. Should be interesting. I think as much as I want it to be a, a high scoring game, I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I think it's going to be defense defensive game because you know the Saints always got a good defense. Um, I don't think it's going to be a high scoring. But with that being said. Um, I think I want to go Ravens. I think I want to go Ravens here. They're five and three, Saints three and five. Let's see if, um, the Saints can pull it off. So uh, it looks like Andy Dalton's getting the start. Look like Andy Dalton's getting a start for the Saints. Um, so that should be interesting. Ravens are favored in this game. One and a half. Um, I know the run game is going to be what try to drive them to win. Okay. So, yeah, I, I'm going to go Ravens. I don't really have much to say about this game. And now, let's get to closing statements and final segment of the day. Ah, what a day, man. What a morning. And as we get more people in here, more people listening to the show, we'll go longer. But I didn't want to keep you guys too long for the first episode. 
Guys, you are a part of history. It's the first episode of TOTM. Make some noise. It's the first episode of Top of the Morning show hosted by Juan Gotti. First episode. Let's go. Closing statements here. Let's get to it. Houston Astros win the world season. Quite frankly, not surprised. I mean, this team was was so good this year. I mean, they swept. The New York Yankees in the ALCS. And shout out to my man and Graven Vins in here. Ravens YouTuber. YouTube legend. Sports creator over there. Came in at the right time. <laughs> As I decided to pick his Ravens to win in tonight's game versus the Saints. Should be a good one. Um, I think it's going to be something more so of like 23... And I just have I don't have faith in that Saints offense to get anything going with Andy Dalton. Um, I think the Ravens are going to rely heavily on that run game, and I think that defense is going to have a, a huge boost with Roquan Smith being added into. You know what I'm saying? Um, so shout out to the Goat Man engraving in here. Got your Ravens winning tonight. But closing statements, Astros. They go on to beat the Philadelphia Phillies. Yes. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. I was rooting for the Phillies to go to, to force a game seven. I really was. But overall, I wanted them to lose, obviously. Because, I mean, they're the NL East rivals, obviously. Okay. And they're NFC East rivals. Their Philadelphia Eagles are NFC East rivals. I'm going to watch the Commanders. Their Philadelphia Phillies are rivals of my Washington Nationals, so obviously I didn't want to see them win, but it was a, it was it, I wanted to see them force a game seven. I'm not gonna lie to you, but Houston Astros said nah, nope. Kyle Schwarber hit a bomb to put the to put the Phillies up 1-0, and then after that their offense went to sleep, and quite frankly, their bats weren't awake for the last two games. You know, I don't know why they pulled Zach Wheeler. I don't know why they did that because he, uh, it wasn't the worst move going to your bullpen, going to Alvarado. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. You want the lefty-lefty matchup again with Jordan Alvarez. I get that. But Wheeler was dealing, bro. He, he was dealing. Up to that point, it was 0-0, zero, 0-1. It was zero, zero, zero or 0-0, zero, zero rather. He was dealing. But you decide to pull him. Yordan Alvarez makes him pay. And the Houston Astros go on to win the World Series. And for as much slack as people want to get, they give the Houston Astros. They're a good ball club, man. They're a good ball club. Dusty Baker, how can you not be happy for Dusty, man? Finally getting him one after 25 years of managing. Finally getting him one. 
Wheeler went five innings and only allowed three hits. Okay? You can't put him there, man. No. Jordan Alvarez comes up with the hit of the year for them. I mean, amazing by Jordan Alvarez. One of the best hitters in the league. And then Framer Valdez, six innings pitched, two hits, one earned run, nine strikeouts for Framer Valdez. And they're, they're your World Series champions. And you know they're not going anywhere. Now that AOS should be really, really good, you know. With 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 the surges of the of the um, Mariners now, but I still got them winning the AL AL um, AL West. But yeah, the Padres win the World Series four two two, and, and there you have it. And that is the first episode of. TOTM, top of the morning. Make some noise, ladies and gentlemen. Get excited. That was the first episode of TOTM. You are a part of history. Because like I said, what if year and year's time, man? What if by the time next year, this is the biggest podcast in not only America, but in the world. Biggest morning show in the world. We got to manifest that. What if that's the case? You out there could be like, I was a part of history. I was a part of the first morning show ever on TOTM. Make some noise, ladies and gentlemen. Share it out. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. And don't forget to check it out on all podcasting platforms. I'll get it up there shortly. TOTM, top of the morning sports show hosted by Juan Gotti. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays coming to you 9 in the morning. We will go longer as we get more people in here. But I didn't want to keep you guys too long for the first ever episode. I want to allow you to enjoy the rest of your morning. But TOTM is here, and it's here to stay. And I'm excited for the future of this program. As always, it's me, Boy Juan Gotti. Like, come, subscribe. Enjoy the rest of your morning. TOTM, checking out. See you back here Wednesday, 9 a.m. for the second ever episode. Peace.